Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Building Scale. Scale. Hey listeners, it's Will here. Our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. If you've ever listened to our show, then you know that the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. So if you suspect technology is your weak link, then book a call with us to see where we can help maximize your company's IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. Today's guest is Ron Newsbaum. Ron is a visionary leader in the construction industry, renowned for his expertise and innovative mindset. From his time in the Marine Corps to over a decade of experience in construction, he's become a driving force for change and growth. His company, Buildercoms, is becoming the construction industry's leading customer communication software, transforming how builders and contractors communicate, document, and excel their projects. Ron is also the host of Construction Champions podcast, where he brings together industry experts to share insights and best practices shaping the future of construction. He's already proven his ability to scale companies and successfully exit them, uh, and he's planning to take Buildercoms to the next level of scale. With all that said, Ron, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, I am glad to be here. I think we're going to have a fantastic conversation today. I'm really excited because the first time I talked to you, Ron, um, and for listeners that aren't seeing the video version of this, behind him, there are books uh, that I've I've read all three, uh, as well as he is a backwards hat man as well, uh, which I just love. There's there's nothing else like it when you uh, talk to somebody on the other side of the country that has very similarities before you even open your mouth. Like it's just boom, right out the gate. I was like, this is going to be a good time. I know it. Uh, so yeah, so I said a bunch of great things about you, but you give us the real story. Tell us your origin story. Tell us how you got in construction and then tell us about builder comps. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. When I was about 23 years old, I made the decision to go into the Marine Corps. And from there, that led me to meeting my wife, uh, who was from Michigan. And after four years in the Marine Corps, time was done. I got out and I ended up in Michigan. I never figured I would go back to Ohio. I figured I'd go south. Come to find out, I ended up farther north. So <laughs> I, I was really, I was looking for what's that transition look like out of the Marine Corps. It's not, it wasn't exactly what my plan was, but it's what the plan was happening. And I had this ad on Craigslist that I kept seeing that was for foreman and training. And I had never worked in construction prior, uh, but one day I was looking in the mirror and I was like, damn it, Ron, if you want to be a United States Marine, you could, or if you want to work in the construction industry, you can, you were a United States Marine. So I applied for the job. I got it. And that is, you can kind of say the rest is history in the residential construction space. I loved it. I've done everything from digging the hose to running the companies. So started as a laborer on a crew running a jackhammer and worked my way into running operations and leadership and management for a company doing over 25 million a year in revenue. And uh, a couple hundred employees, 30 crews, just uh, 
an operation to say the least. And during that time, bought and sold a cleaning company uh, and dealt with some escalated customers, which leads us to today in Buildercoms. Uh, we're a customer communication platform built for the residential construction space. And that is what I currently do full time. And I live in North Carolina now, no longer in Michigan. I made it south. Yeah, there you go. Uh, just like, uh, you know, geese uh, during the winter, you're going to fly south and, and you, you made it happen. So that's awesome. Um, so before we dive down deeper, one of the cool things about Ron's podcast is he asks everybody the same question right out the gate. So I want to turn the tables on him and ask uh, him the same question. So Ron, what makes a construction champion in your eyes? Yeah, so a construction champion is the person that is willing to dive into it. Do the extras. So there, there's a mindset shift between champions and just pros. And you have to be willing to go down that road to become one. When we think of the Tom Brady's, the Michael Jordan's, the Kobe Bryant's, there's a mentality that's involved. And it's this mentality of I am just going to go out and be the absolute best every day. I'm going to put in the work and I'm not going to be afraid what anybody else says. That's what champions do. And that's what a construction champion does is they go out there and they work in their business and on their business like a champion. And they don't care what anybody else has to say about their business. They just go out there and get the job done. And then they lead their team to that championship because champions don't do it by themselves. They do it with a team around them. But the champion is the one that creates that environment where you can win. And that's what a construction champion does. I love the shout out to Michael Jordan because, uh, you know, obviously spot out of Chicago. We're, you know, we're huge Jordan fans as it is. So uh, no, love that. Uh, couldn't agree more. So let's talk about that first construction company, right? So you, you get there, you start at the bottom, work your way up through it. You see a massive amount of growth. What what did that look like? Hey, like, you know, from going to you know, using the jackhammer on the site to like being part of, you know, the operations and, you know, leadership and things like that. Like, one, what does that look like for your journey? But then what did it look like for the company? When you came in, you're at a certain point And, you know, when when you leave, you're, the company is a, a completely different operation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just massive scale. It was growth to grow. Uh, I'm going to... I'm a, I'm a personal growth junkie, I guess you can almost say, but I'm not a junkie as in the fact is I like implement and I do this stuff. I had a chip on my shoulder when I walked through the on day one, because here I am, this Marine, I have a high school diploma and four years in the Marine Corps, uh, toward Iraq and everybody that is on the crew with me all have construction management degrees and are just graduating college. So I immediately from day one was like, okay. I'm going to have to get my ass in gear and like, I'm going to have to learn this stuff. Like I'm going to have to learn construction if I'm going to hang around here. And it, it kind of at the beginning was like, we're going to outwork the Marine and I wouldn't let anybody do that. So I would just, I just grinded it out, kept showing up. I absorbed as like, I showed up every day to learn, but like, I was like, if I am not learning something every day, I'm failing because like there is so much knowledge for me to grow. And I just kept that mentality the whole way through. And the company, it just companies keep changing. 
like as you grow, it's not even like as you double, it's as you add 20%, as you add 10, like so much stuff changes. And when you're in a high growth organization, there's opportunity to continue to grow if you're willing to be the one that grows and you want to go do that. So I just kept growing. I had a business background. I was raised around business. So I understood that stuff. And I was willing to get better every day. So I went from laborer to foreman to field supervisor to, to production manager to operations manager, leadership and management teams and hiring. They just do it just through the whole train. When I took over operations, we had about five crews. Five years later, we had about 30 and was doing over 20 million, 25 million a year in revenue. It's chaotic is what it is. It's why I have that book traction back behind me, because if you don't start getting the right stuff in place, it's a problem and uh, stuff will continue to break. So if you're scaling like that, uh, I just get, get your boots on because it's going to be a journey. Like there's no other way to explain it. Like it, it's, it's a journey. Uh, I didn't mention this, but thank you for your service. You've said it. You mentioned the Marines. I mentioned the Marines and uh, totally it didn't do that. So shame on me for that. For one, I'm going to take that one on the chin. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, and you mentioned traction. So we're an EOS company. We love EOS. Like we are EOS junkies. So tell us about like, how did you, when did you discover traction? Uh, when did you implement that through what, you know, tell us about that. So I I discovered we, a little bit later than what it would have made my life a lot easier if we would have known <laughs> sooner. But yeah. hey, that's how everything works. Like if you're not constantly learning, and uh, I was in a I was actually in Atlanta at another fast growing construction company where you know you're always trying to figure this stuff out. So like, what are they doing that's working? What's not working? And they were doing, they were, and their leadership team was reading, they were doing traction to each other and they had committed to 12 months of doing that. And that was my first, like, okay, well, you immediately, you, you order that book and then you start to read it and you, it all starts to make sense. Like the problem, one of the problems, like you can have bits and pieces of it, but it doesn't work that way. Like we, we had this stuff that was good. Like, you can have all the concepts that the book talks about semi-figured out, but until you actually sit down with intention and go through that, it doesn't work in cohesion, if that makes sense. Like we had done a lot of the right stuff to get to where we needed to be, but there just wasn't that cohesion and understanding across the board that had to be there. That traction gives you a roadmap for that. Yeah, uh, we uh, similarly and for so for us we have an implementer so we're we we are all in on EOS, uh, which is traction in EOS as, as a listener if you don't know they are hand in hand they are the, the operating system that comes out of traction is effectively EOS entrepreneurs operating system and um, you know we tried to self implement which is difficult by the way because uh, <laughs> when you're in the business and you're not working on the business it's hard to see some of the things that are pretty obvious to uh, now, outside, I always say like uh, an implementer or a coach or a consultant, like there are a lot of value because they have an outside perspective. Like it, it makes things that 
you're so close to seem like such a hurdle. And they're like, this isn't really that big of a deal. Like, just, you know, like, just think of it this way. And then you're like, oh my God, like that was so, that, that solution seemed so simple. Um, so uh, yeah, that that's definitely it. So there are two other books up there. T- talk about uh, 10X and, and 75. Oh yeah. So the 10X, I say those are the three books that you need for your life. The 10X role would give you the mind to be able to have a vision and understand what's actually possible. 75 hard would give you the discipline to do that and be able to execute on your vision. And traction's just going to give you that roadmap if you have a business on what exactly you need to do to make that successful. So you combine all three of them in your personal and business life, you can't go wrong. And I've read a lot of books. So for those three to be sitting up there, I mean, at my peak, I was reading almost 70 books a year. And these are the three that have stuck with me through time. That's an impressive amount of reading. Uh, I mean, I read, I definitely read a bunch of books, but to read 70 books in a year. I don't anymore. Uh, that's impressive. I take that. I don't anymore. But at one point in time, I read, like we all did, that the top CEOs and top business owners in the country read over 60 books a, week, um, a year. And I was like, well, I damn bell better be reading that many books. Like, because if that's the trajectory and where you want to be at, you better start doing the stuff they do. So 75 hard. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about that? It's kind of the discipline side, right? Um, yeah. So talk yeah, about that a little bit. Yeah, so 75 hard. I, I'm uh, not religious about it, but I think everybody <laughs> should be doing it. it. It's it's a it's a life changer. So here's how I got started on 75 hard. I was 10 years removed from the Marine Corps. I was fat, happy, drank too much, did it like I, I just this whole the whole life, like, you know, where everybody thinks they're happy, but I was miserable. Like from the outside perspective, everybody would figure, oh, it's just an amazing life. Great job. Great salary. Great everything. But I was miserable. And I stumbled along to 75 hard. And I was like, man, this sounds like something I would, I could probably go do. And I was kicking it around because that's, you know, what, amateurs that don't want to commit do is they just keep kicking it down the road like yeah I'll, I'll do 75 hard one day uh i go to a grocery store with my wife one night buying groceries i get this pint of ice cream i'm like yeah i'll eat this pint of ice cream and then maybe i'll start 75 hard after that i get home and i look you see me and my mirror have a very rough relationship you notice that anytime <laughs> you have long have conversations with me i reference <laughs> looking in the mirror because I believe that's something you have to do and you have to be willing to have these conversations with you. And, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, are you really going to eat that pint of ice cream and not start doing 75 hards? Like, what does, what's your life look like? Like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be happy? Do you not? Like, you know, this is what you need. And so that pint of ice cream never got eaten. It ended up getting thrown away. And I started 75 hard the next day. And it was a completely life-changing experience. Still to today where I'm on day, I think I'm on day 18 or 19 right now of a cycle of 75 hard. I just try to do this stuff every day. And then every so often I'll just actually track it so I know I'm doing it. Because I truly believe it's the disciplines that just what you should do every day. 
But what ended up happening was I got my edge back. I started to feel like the Ron when he graduated boot camp at Paris Island. And I was this Marine that had just had the crap kicked out of me for months. But I knew I was the baddest dude in every room I walked into. And by starting to do 75 hard, I started to get that back to the point why about 30, 40 days into it, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm back. Like I got the edge. I have, I'm figuring it all back. I'm figuring it all out. And it was truly the trajectory that has led us to here having this conversation. I, I 100% believe if I didn't throw that pint of ice cream away and start 75 hard the next day, builder comms wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be here. I would probably be, who knows, 300 pounds, drunk right now, on a great salary, having a great life, but miserable. And not being the example that I need to be for my five-year-old son. And not being the husband that I need to be for my wife. So I give I, I give 75 hard a lot of credit in my life to get me to where I'm at. I understand that it's not the all-encompassing be-all for everybody. But I think that's an excuse. You should just do it and then come talk to me after 75 days. 75 hard was sort of what changed your life and set you on a completely new path, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, something clicked, you got your edge back. Why is it important to build this company? Why was it, you know, this whole concept of builder comms, why was it important to you to build it? And obviously part of this was that discipline and the three books, right? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that for, for us. So for a I, I was going down, like, this is something that I had that I, I wanted to go do. And I was getting a lot of, I got notes because a lot of people didn't think some Marine from the construction industry should be in software. Like most people would tell you no. Like, okay, great idea, but you're probably not the guy. Like, look at you here. Like, this is not, not a good fit. And, but I wanted to give that up. Like, I was like, I'm just going to keep grinding this out. Eventually, I'll figure this out. And that leads us to, I got the 10X rule there. So we'll get into the the next book. And that's, I read that book in 2011 when I got out of the Marine Corps. And I've read it every year since. Every year. I try to do it in January, if not February. I'll read it. I told my wife in 2011 that I would do a deal with Grant Cardone. Because I just related with him. He's an intense individual. He's He understands his mis- mission. He has a huge vision and he's not willing to go chase or he's not, he's willing to go chase it. And he's not afraid of what anybody would say about it. So I'm in the middle of doing 75 hard. They launched the 10 X incubator. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is it. Like I, well, as soon as I saw it, you know, if you know Grant Cardone, you get his ads. Like I follow him and I get his ads. Like it's just in your <laughs> face. Like it's, you know what to expect. It's one of the things I love about him. Uh, and I immediately called my wife. I said, they just launched this 10 X incubator. It's tech startups. This is it. Like this is the deal. And I went home, applied, got my pitch together. I pitched them. And I was I was one of a hundred less than a hundred companies that they moved forward with, and they had over twenty three thousand applicants. Now, if I was prior seventy five hard, that shit would have never happened. Good for you, that's awesome. And for those that 
didn't connect the dots there for a second. The 10x rule is uh, written by Grant Cardone, and uh, without spoiling too much, you know, I'll I'll leave it there. I've got some other questions for you. Um, so down to a hundred, obviously down to a hundred people. Why don't you con- continue continue from there? Yeah, so we're one of a handful that actually have made it to market and are a product that's out there with paying customers. And that's what got this journey going. But I, I spent a lot of time trying to get the wrong people. Actually, I, I don't like to say get the wrong people on the bus. Like I had the wrong people on the bus and I was trying to drive the bus down the road with them on it. I like to tell everybody, if you want to know what my bus looks like, it's a neon pink, like early 60s, V-dub, like we're cruising. That's what my bus looks like. I had the wrong people on it, and I was trying to get it somewhere, and there wasn't an alignment. Like, there's just going too many different directions. So I had to get the right people on it, and at the same time, I had to exit the wrong people. And that's what ended up happening. I got the right people on there. I got partnered, partnered up. I met Jared Yellen for Project 10K. We partnered. It's It's been a life-changing event to get this product to market. And the passion that I developed for working with the construction industry is completely different than I used to have for working in it. Like now I serve the construction industry And now I have this podcast and it was like another spark went off in me where it was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy doing this. It sucks because I'm running a startup and we're getting it off the ground. But like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to take on the absolute hardest thing that nobody wants to touch, communication. Like, it's it. Like, because I have to not only have contractors and builders on board, I have to get homeowners on board. Everybody has to utilize it to make it work effectively. People want to sell something that's a quick sale that is this instant gratification. Now, we do that, but you got to give me 30 days. Use our software for 30 days. If it, It'll change your business upside down. But I have I have this desire to fix something because it's hard and nobody else wants to do it. I'm the kind of guy that'll get up and spend 10 minutes in the ice bath instead of five, because I want to be the guy that spent 10 minutes in there. So I'm willing to step up and take this on. And, you know, when you solve a big problem, you can make a lot of money. And at the end of the day, that's what this will lead to. And I'm shooting for a nine figure exit. And I'm going to be the vari- variable that creates that, that makes that happen. I'm I'm the one, I like to say, just like when I've heard all the no's before, or this won't work, or that, I'll figure it out. I'm the one they're not counting on. Ron Newsbaum is the variable that people are not counting on to happen. Hey, everybody. Justin here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you know, Will and I are business nerds and love talking to leaders who've scaled their businesses using people, process, and technology. If that's something that gets you all jazzed up too, then do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the little bell so you get notified every time we drop a sweet new episode. And if you know somebody who'd be an awesome guest on the show, send them our way. Just go to buildingscale.net 
slash guest. Now, back to the episode. A few things to pick apart there, okay? Um, so I'm going to start, I'm going to go backwards. Okay, nine-figure nine exit, okay? That's a lot of money. Um, and at that point, that's really, I, I like to call it fuck you money, because at that point, that's pretty much what you can say with that kind of money. So is it really about the money? No, no. And that's, and I, I truly think that's the starting point. That's when you can just start writing some checks to make some things happen. You can really start to, to make some stuff happen. Like that's, it, it, I've done a lot. I'm going to do a lot. I turn 39 next month. Like I got plenty of runway ahead of me. Knock on wood here. Like I take care of myself. I, I, I do. So like, I believe it's, it's just the beginning. The reason for nine figures has nothing to do with money. It's just because that's, to me, that's rare air. Like that's that championship caliber. Like you run into people all the time that had seven figure exits, eight figure ed- like that. Those guys are out there. You get into a nine figure exit, a hundred million dollar plus exit. It becomes really rare air you're a champion at that point in time you really made you really like exceeded what most people can even fathom you've accomplished so to me that i want to become that guy like i have this this whole i tell me when my wife walks with me like i talk about like i'm on this journey to become this hundred million dollar guy like because that's what it is like ron newsbaum right now can't run a hundred million dollar company Ron Newsbaum in 24 months, he better be able to because that's where we're headed. So like that's my learning curve. Same thing as when I showed up day one running a jackhammer and I had this learning curve where here I am. Ron Newsbaum, day one, I am a non-technical tech founder. I have, If anybody's supposed to fare at this, I am. But what they're not bringing into the equation is that I'm Ron Newsbaum and I am going to overly go after this with an intensity and an end outcome in mind that most people can't comprehend or aren't even willing to go chase. So for me, it's becoming that man, becoming that leader, because it's somewhere I've never been. And I want to go there. So the money isn't really about the money. It's about the fact that you did that. And very, and it's just a representation something that people can understand around how hard it is to accomplish that thing. Would that be just fair to like say? 10 minutes in the ice bath compared to five. It's, it's rare air, right? It's just, that's, that's the difference. So yeah, it's a, just a different, it's a completely different mindset that it takes to go do something like that. And I want to learn that mindset. I want to understand that because once you do it and you understand it, I can get other people there like that. That's a a given at that point in time. If you find the right person, you can get them there and you can shorten that down. And I'm going to teach my son. You know, it's what's amazing is like if I create these abilities, I can teach them to my son the same way my dad taught me abilities to be able to get to where I am now. So if I go out and I can do this and I can exit this company for a hundred million dollars, my son can probably have a trillion dollar exit in his lifetime with that knowledge that I can transfer over to him into shortcuts that I can teach him that I learn along the way. Brilliant. 
Uh, I love mindset definitely matters. I have it on my board. I think it's been there almost since the beginning of our podcast. And I believed mm -hmm. in it for longer than that. Um, well, not everyone gets to meet their role models. You have. What were your biggest takeaways from meeting your role model, Grant Cardone? He's intense. And I've found, I've found being around like Ed Milet and Andy Fasella and these guys, Grant Cardone, is they're intense. And they know exactly where they're headed and how they're getting there. And they understand it's them. Like they're the driver of the ship. If they don't show up, if they're not intense, if they're not intentional with their outcome, it's not going to happen. And that that's, I didn't realize how intense a situation actually could be until I was in a room with Grant Cardone. Because he's that's intense. wild considering you're a Marine. Like that to me is like, holy shit. Wow, well, I mean, I've really been in wild. intense situations, yeah. but I've never been like just having a conversation like this that's intense. Yeah. Like you could feel the emotions. Like, how was your weekend? Like, you can feel the emotions. Like, there's just an intensity about it that you it, it's hard to match. But people will try to match it. They'll bring it, and that's what leads the way. I mean, think about you got you guys Chicago, Michael Jordan. Intense. Still intense to this day. When they talk about when guys talk about what it was like to be with Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, go watch that the redeem team on Netflix and listen to somebody like LeBron James talk about Kobe Bryant. It's just, it's a whole nother word. Like it truly is like, it's this intensity and this desire that's beyond what most people are ever even able to comprehend, but they're going to make you feel it. You're going to feel it so much in your veins that, you know, I want to be with this guy because where he's, he's going where he's going. So sort of the certainty of outcomes seems to be in your blood. Um, and in another way, uh, that's been described as abundance mindset, right? Where there's always opportunity, right? Looking at half glass full versus half empty, right? Et cetera. Were you always a raised, you know, were you, were you raised on abundance mindset or where did that come from? Yeah, no, absolutely. I that's you know, my parents built the Amway business growing up. So I like to say I've been slamming Cadillac doors since I was knee high out showing the plan. Like, like that's just that's how I was raised. And it was always like you could go get whatever you could think of, you could go get. I watched my dad chase he wanted a 32 coupe. I watched him chase that dream. I made the journey to St. Louis to go pick it up with him and trailer it back. We were always dreamers. We're taught to dream. Dreams are powerful. I still get Rob Report and all of that. I get those magazines in the mail today because that's what I got. That's what my dad used to get. So now me and my son, we look through there, talk about Lamborghinis, talk about uh, Corvettes, Mercedes, what planes, all this stuff. So he can, like, it's a comprehension. Like, I don't want to keep going back, but to like you, you have to be able to fathom it. If you don't believe it's going to be true, it'll never be true. No matter what you're trying to do, whether you're trying to get to five hundred thousand a year, a million a year, 
20 million, 100 million, a billion dollars, if you literally cannot fathom those numbers or say it publicly, it's not going to happen. Why do I talk about a nine-figure exit? Because if I can't come on here and look at you guys and say, my goal is in the next 24 months, I'm going to sell this company for $100 million and have certainty behind it, do you think it's going to happen? Good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. So we have to believe it. We have to have an abundance mindset that not only does it exist, I have seen it, I understand it, and I can obtain it. Like, I'm pretty sure I just quoted Grant Cardone there. Like, I felt like I just <laughs> that, that is in familiar. one of his books. Like, that, that, that sounded familiar. Um, <laughs> so, one thing that's really cool, and I don't know if, if you've thought about this or maybe your, your dad at this point has thought about it, right? So your dad taught you things, right? Your dad taught you things. You're now teaching your son things that then leads to whatever he creates. And again, he's five. So we got a little bit, of, we got a little bit of time before we start, you know, putting the measuring stick out, but like, nonetheless, <laughs> right. Like the, your dad's lessons have now transcended through you leveled up and now into his grandson, which that has got to be a, a, a cool feeling. So like that effectively to you, right. You mentioned like, Hey, my son, he could maybe have a trillion dollar exit. Right. What about your grandson? You know, like what? That, what about that's going to be that? that's like going to be completely up to my son. Sure, sure, but like hopefully, I you do instilling every... you instilling the the values and the grit and all these things in him would make sense that this would carry on, right? Like you know, we were you know we we're all dads, so like we raise our kids in a way that we we want them to be the best. They want them to be better. We want them to be greater than us, right? Like that is the thing. So like if you're consciously doing this and working at this every day, the chances of you getting there are high, right? Like if you're actually, you know, to your point, like if you can dream it, if you can fathom it and you keep pushing towards it every day, continuous improvement, 1% better, let's go. Like that's what happens then, right? Like that is what occurs. So uh, that's a maybe a thing that you can play with on a, a walk that you're thinking, you know, just going through <laughs> thinking like, holy crap. We even gotten to great grandchildren yet. Ho, ho, ho. What are we talking about? You know what I mean? So uh, just an interesting thought there. Yeah, no, I mean, when you talk grandchildren, that's that's where the the core values of who we are start to come into play, because that's like what you see me transfer through to my son is like those core values that I got from my dad. Like that's the some I mean, he is somehow I picked up on this. You know, and I'm I'm not I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect son. I'm not any of that. I went through my whole phase. It's how I ended up in the Marine Corps. Sometimes you got to fix your life and you got to do hard stuff to fix it. But it's up to us to to be able to position our kids to be able to go do that. And I, I think it happens. I guarantee you, like we are having a way more intentional conversation about this than my dad and his friends ever probably had. Which is a good thing because oh, yeah. we're being very now we're being intentional about it and understanding because like I watched it happen with myself, so I understand what those outcomes start to look like if I start to model this behavior around my son. You had uh, given me a different word or a different phrase for grit. Uh, you had a better definition or <laughs> a better way of saying it. 
So every time somebody throws a grid out there or any anything along those lines, I call it actionable tenacity because I believe that's what it takes. You've got to be able to have action, but action alone will only get you so far. You got to be able to have that tenacity to hang in there and continue on when the action's not working. But tenacity won't just get you there. You can have tenacity of sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. Like you can say I'm crazy, but if you're going to binge watch some Netflix over the weekend, it's going to take some tenacity to get through the bad episodes. <laughs> There's no action involved in that. <laughs> like you got to be able to put those two to your other and you have to be able to take action over tenacity every day and understand like that's just life. Like it's just what it is. So loved how you put that. So there there is a little bit of a difference. Um why don't we talk a little bit about tech? Talk about your tech. What makes Buildercoms different? We're a customer communication platform and that's what we are. Like, I'm not a CRM. I'm not a project management software. I'm not an Angie's list. Like, I am literally focused on fixing a singular problem, not building out some massive solution where everything's mediocre at best. I'm focused on just fixing a certain problem, and that's it. And that's where our differentiator comes in. Because when the tech ordered software, go ahead. Give me the story. Give me the actual story of like the pain point or pain points of like what happens, right? Um, yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one the of, dots. Yeah. One of the great things that we do is we work as air traffic control. We make sure homeowners are always talking to the right person at that builder or contractor's office. Because here's what happens is that homeowner don't know who to reach out to. So they reach out to Mary, the receptionist, or say they get, or say they get Ron. The guy runs operations. I take down my sticky note and I'm like, hey, sorry, I'm not the guy. But I'll find the guy. Industry standard response. Perfectly acceptable. You know what happens? Ron goes to the coffee pot, has a conversation, puts that sticky note down. 48 hours later, I hear, you know, I got a five alarm fire. I got somebody reaching out to me, cussing me out because I never got back to him or the person never got back to him. And it wasn't because I like I'm a, I'm a bad communicator. It's because I didn't have the ability to make sure that customer is talking to the right person. So one of the things our software does is that customer, if they have a scheduling question, they reach out to the person in charge of that schedule. If they have a prod project question, they reach out to the person that's in charge of that. We simplify it. I built a very simple solution to something that's been thought of as a complex problem. If you can utilize Facebook, you can utilize our software. I didn't build out something that's extensive that you got to have 30 minutes worth of training to even understand how to operate. It's as simple as you open it up. It looks like any other social media or messaging platform you've ever been on. But we get it all in one place, all your messages, all your, no more emails, no more text messages. We get all the pictures, all the documents, all the videos, and then we organize them for a project. So it's as simple as you go in there, you click on the project, you know exactly who you're talking to about what, whether you're the contractor or builder or the, you're the homeowner. Have, have you ever tracked how much time is lost due to poor communication? So it is reported that about 35% of time on projects is wasted 
are just gone because of communication breakdowns. Holy crap. I just see dollars. Like if I had a cartoon model that I could just pop up right now, it'd be like the money eyes just rolling right now. Like on, so, so think about that on a million dollar project, you're saying $350,000 just went poof in the year. Well, I'm saying 35% of the actual time on the project. Okay. So let's put it down this way is say you have five days scheduled on a project. You're losing a day of that because of communication breakdowns. So think about when that crew shows up there and that homeowner has questions that they should have proactively asked because the crew can't answer them. Or you show up there and the homeowner's not even there because they didn't get on the same page with you. That's the kind of stuff that causes that 35%. So then take that by however, what's it cost a day to have a crew mobilized? I mean, it used to cost me a grand just to get a crew out of the shop. So if I send them somewhere and nothing happens. The grand. Yep. Yeah. Grand out and of When pocket. you're dealing with smaller margins, that, that's big. That's big. That's it all. That's the, that could be the whole, the whole nut there. Yeah. It can be the whole week. Yeah. So what would you tell leaders who have fears around implementing new technologies like yours? I So see, I go, I, I'm, I'm from the construction industry. So here's how I feel about adaption in the construction industry is we had a lot of, a lot of stuff come in from Silicon Valley at the very beginning that jaded a lot of guys. Oh yeah. They lost trust in construction technology I've seen a huge change. Like I'm not the only guy that's from the industry creating software now. This is starting to become a thing because it takes somebody that wore the boots to understand how software has to function in the construction industry. And that has been lost for a long time. But it's changing. And you have softwares like myself that are out there changing this and actually putting industry first solutions out there that are designed to fix problems in the industry. So I think people should give us another chance to go out there because I I think the construction industry as a whole is a lot of early adapters. It's a lot, a lot of guys that like to be out on the forefront fixing stuff. I mean, we're, we're inherently problem solvers. Like if you're in construction, like you like to build stuff, you like to take stuff apart and put it back to other better. Like that's why technology fits in and why it makes things better is because those guys are also early adapters. I just think we get there's this this stigma that the construction industry is late adapters when they're just jaded. Like they don't know who to trust. I'm saying trust Ron Newsbaum, trust Buildercoms. I'm a real person. I put my boots on just like you guys do every day. And that's that's what I have to say about construction, not just construction, just technology adaption. Like it's coming and it's going to be a lot better. No matter what industry you're in, adapting the right technologies, like builder comms isn't right for everybody, but there's technology out there that is. And figuring out what technologies make your business the most efficient, there's going to be some trial and error there. But you need to do that. 
You need to understand that there's tech stats that will make your life a lot easier, provide the documentation that you need, or just provide the reports that you need to run your business, no matter what industry you're in. And you have to be willing to experiment with that and figure out what works. Don't just buy that one solution is the end-all, be-all, because it might work for your buddy, but it might not work for you. So really what you're saying is there needs to be some experimentation and assumption that failure will happen in order to find the right thing, essentially, for each company when it comes to technology and implementation. Is that yeah. fair to say? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're going to try stuff out and it's not going to, it's not going to pan out. I mean, we're not made for the commercial industry. I have guys all the time try to make it work. They come on, they pay me for two months, two months later, like it just doesn't work. And I was like, well, I mean, I told you that at the beginning, like we're not built for the construct, the commercial industry. Like I can understand your need to have something like this. And will there be a builder comms commercial? Probably, but like, we're not there yet. But people being willing to experiment and see, because you never know, you might try it and it might be the greatest thing that ever happened to your business, even if you're not like our ideal customer. But that's with any technology. So sounds like technology, so it sounds like the uh, construction industry needs to uh, start re- reserving their, what they call their small margins to some experimentation. Otherwise, essentially without, without it, they're not going to be able to innovate. They're not going to be able to essentially evolve and compete is what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree with that. And I think it's just not with just not technology. It's with everything that we do. You have to be willing to experiment and figure out exactly what works for you. Like these right here, the three books behind me, I believe were absolutely change your life and your business. I could be wrong, but you would never know unless you pick them up and read them and then implement what they say to do in there for the timelines that they say to do it. Yeah, I um, I said this to somebody the other day. Um, reading a book isn't good enough. And to your point, you need actionable tenacity when you read a book. Because if you're not actually, you're just consuming it to consume it and not actually take action on it, it doesn't really matter. Like you gotta commit. Like you gotta go all in. Like that's the mm-hmm. only option uh, if you want change. And like change is inherently necessary especially in business, like we've seen just 20 years ago and compared to today, talk about technology. It's like, if you are still rocking the 20 years ago technology, you your business probably doesn't exist. And if it does, you are, you're, you're hanging on by a thread there. So um, yeah, I lo- love it, Ron. Uh, okay, so uh, last question we have for you, Ron. So uh, if you could go back 20 years, what would you tell yourself? That's 2003, by the way. Uh, old school. <laughs> I, I, this is the only reference I have from 2003. Old school came out that year. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's what I got. I have no idea who even won like the World Series that year. Probably the Yankees. I don't know. So that, that's when I, that's the year I graduated high school. Oh, all right. And so that, that might have been a good year to go back to tell yourself something. <laughs> yeah, I would have told myself, go to the Marine Corps right then. Because hmm. it was a thought in my mind, but I delayed it. Because I thought I wanted to do a lot of other what would be funner things to do that were just stupid. And I should have just went to the Marine Corps right then. But the trajectory of my life would have changed forever. There's a reason why I didn't go to the Marine Corps. I met my wife because I went to the Marine Corps. We've been married for almost 15 years. 
Uh, it all works awesome. out, but 2003, if I'm standing right here, I would have been like, go to the Marine Corps. All right. Well, uh, that's that one we haven't had yet. So thank you for, for the thought backwards. Um, Ron, yeah. if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what is the best way they can do that? Absolutely. I'm on all social media from LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. I'm there. Buildercoms is there. You can find me at ronwesley.com as well as buildercoms.com. Awesome. 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 All right. And is there anything else you'd like to tell the people before we uh, say our goodbyes? Hey, as long as you can believe it, you can do it. Awesome. All right, listeners, uh, this is total mindset uh, reset for you in this episode. I hope you had an amazing time. I know me and Will did. I think Ron did. He seems to be pretty happy. Uh, And uh, until next time, adios. Adios. Thanks for listening to Building Scale. To help us reach even more people, please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, or on social media. Remember, the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. And our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. So if you think your company's technology pillar could use some improvement, book a call with us to see how we can help maximize your IT cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. And until next time, keep keep building building scale. scale.